Hello everyone, welcome back to um, Mental Health Awakening 2 um, and it's going to be, uh, today's uh, topic is how, how I got here and me and Angela are joined with Salita and it's going to be a really good conversation talking about mental health, um, Salita's going to be sharing about a few experiences of her own and it's, and it's going to be really awesome to, to hear about it and because um, I, I think Angela knows Salita a little bit better than me, so it's going to be really interesting to hear uh, Salita's story. So, Angela, would you mind doing your little introduction? I'm Angela T. Jackson, licensed professional counselor in the state of Tennessee with national certification. I'm in the USA, partnering with the USA, excuse me, partnering with the UK. It's the UK Connection. And I am your hostess with the mostest on mental health. So glad to be here today. Excited about our guest. Ready to introduce her to you. Salita, tell us who you are. Hello, Miss Angela. And hello, Mason. I am excited uh, to be a part of your podcast today. Uh, my name is Salita Johnson. I am a, I work as a mental health therapist as well as a vocational rehabilitation counselor. Um, I have a master's degree in mental health counseling, clinical mental health counseling, and I am just hyped up about serving people who have um, disabilities, whether it's mental health or physical health. I am reside in Tennessee, spending time with my grandbabies, doing ministry. I have a blog. Uh, wrote an ebook on how I got here, and I just like I'm so excited right now. Yes. Well, we are glad to have you, and we're not going to waste any time. Without further ado, we want you to lead us into how you got here. Tell us about your ebook. So, about two years ago, um, I was I'm, I'm you know living in uh, Tennessee in Clarksville. And I was sitting at my house. It was a Sunday afternoon. I never forget. I was so frustrated about where my life was. Um, and take it. I, I felt like I had a really good life uh, up until that point. But I continuously hit a moment of where I was just felt stuck. And, you know, I couldn't keep uh, relationships with girlfriends, uh, boyfriends. Uh, the kids, it was just like everything around me just felt like turmoil. And I remember sitting on the couch and I was just praying, like, how did I get here? Like, cause you know, I, I did this, you know, looking back over my life and I was like, you know, I had some challenges, made some mistakes, but this cannot be it. This cannot be my final destination. And it's just like the spirit of the Lord said, you know, begin to write. Um, and I just sat down and I just began to just look at how did I get here? And it was some mental health challenges, um, dealing with the, some feelings of rejection, um, just going through all of looking back over those negative encounters. Yeah. And this is how I got here, like right here. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. And it, it fits right with the theme of this series, Mental Health Awakening. Everything that you described from the moment you realized that you were feeling stuck, 
um, the maybe the transitions or the struggles and challenges with different relationships. You know, we sometimes we talk about healthy boundaries and and how we get along with different people, but it applies to every type of relationship. Mm -hmm. So then leading to that when you realize it was rejection, there comes a time where you have to do that self-evaluation and question what is going on in my life? Where am I basically? Because it, it may not even look like who you thought you were or are or where you were supposed to be. So I like that, that it is just that clear how I got here. Yeah. Miss Esla, and you, uh, just to piggyback off what you said, and I said about rejection, uh, one thing I think that we miss um, in counseling and as far as the ministry side, because everything I do, it goes back to kingdom, it goes back to God, is that rejection is something that starts in the womb. When you are caring, when a baby is, 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 is like put there, right, and it's formed, like those relationships because a baby can feed off what's going on in, in, with the mom, right? And if things are coming up where the baby's not feeling wanted, uh, the daddy's not wanting her, the mom is having stress, the baby, it knows all that, right? So those first moments, I think with me, not that I wasn't wanted, but, you know, my mom was a young mom. My dad was young. And just going through all those emotions with my mom, um, I think that she had to uh, not graduate with her senior class. So it was all that stuff that, dang, I just, it started there. And then even as I got into elementary school, middle school, like I could track it all the way back to where it really became a problem uh, as an adult. Cause guess why? Our parents didn't understand about mental health counseling or not realizing how a trauma happened and you know our kids need they didn't know so yes, i carry right. all that into adulthood mm-hmm. that's that's a perfect example of attachment if i had to say it in one word it would be attachment because the way that we attach or the way that we receive and then give Mm-hmm. From childhood on up is how we connect to people as we become adults. So thank you for adding that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I really like um what you said um Shalita with um saying that it's not your final destination because like um well I think it's really cool that you write uh, that you're on ebook as well because just saying how like it's not over and nothing ends until. Well, everyone, like everyone's last breath. So it's it's great that you've done that, and, and it it's it's really warming when you say like it's not this is not your final like stop because there's like there can be barriers, but like along the way, which can make you feel maybe that you you want to stop because it's it's maybe really hard, but um it's good that you you keep fighting to continue. I think we I think when we run across for years right it's just by habit what social media has ingrained in us then what we learned as kids we sometimes think you made that one mistake your whole life stops but those mistakes right are really meant to push you 
You just need somebody who can speak life into you and can help you go through the entire process of that mistake. Mistakes are meant to grow us. Um, I remember making mistakes as a child and people really, oh my God, you done that. You, like to this day, still hearing about what I did when I was 18. I, I'm like, my brain wasn't even fully formed at 18. And you're holding that against me. Um, but it's not anything we go through. Like it's, 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 and I know people say, well, you can't get a do over, but listen, my God is amazing and is a God of second chances. And he has taken some of my worst mistakes, uh, and have worked them out to my good because I feel like now I'm at a really good place. I have a really good career. And some people, one of the mistakes I made, they would have said, oh, you would never get that job. But look how it worked out, right? I'm right here, right now, how I got here. Right here. That's it. That's it. I tell you, you're, you're absolutely right. The brain is not fully developed. That frontal lobe and the, the, the area where there's logic and the executive function, not even there yet at 18. <laughs> we think it's children when we're children, right? Yes, ma'am. That's it. Definitely. So, Selena, I want to... I want to dig into the book a little bit. I did read it. I did Thank read you. it. And oh my goodness, it it's it's there were so many things in there that you shared that are striking. And I want to dig a little bit into uh the mental health part. You were very transparent about uh seeking mental health care. Um the a mental health journey as a whole, and then even something that's not discussed enough until there's a fatality. You talked about suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. So what what can you share in those areas about your experience? Um listen, going back to the beginning, um when you when there are certain challenges, challenges you know early. Um and so that was the whole part about um, with me being different um, and me really hating myself because I was different. Um, I appreciate the differences now, but you know, when you were a kid, you don't get it. Um, and I remember, you know, the first time I tried to commit suicide and it was over something that was so silly. Like looking back now, I'd be like, dang, that was silly. But that instance, looking back on it now, saying it was silly, makes me mindful of how I engage teenagers or young kids when they come to me and tell me something is bothering them. Um, and it was just over something silly at school um, and really not fitting in. Um, I fit in with the church crowd. Like, that was my thing. But the other stuff I wanted to fit into, I was just awkward. So I, I went through that. Then the rejection, I feel rejected by a boy, right? It's silly. But again, I can engage girls and they say they got their heart broke. Like, okay, we're going to have this conversation. Now, I'm going to tell you what Salida the minister says, Salida the counselor, and then I'm just going to tell you, girl, you the bad. But since I went through that, I can really relate to how not being wanted. How somebody okay. rejecting you, not one time, but two times, not being pretty enough, 
not uh, being in a socioeconomic class as your peers. You know, I was raised by a single mom, how all that plays the part. Um, and I didn't have a mental health counselor. I had church. But honestly, it's some stuff you go through that you don't feel comfortable talking to people at church because they always tell you to pray about it. God got you. Mm -hmm. What about if I don't know God like that? What about if I don't have the ability to pray, pray myself through like that? Uh, so I did, you know, as I got older, I really did understand the importance of having, uh, seeking out mental health therapists. Uh, as you know, in the African-American community, it's still like something you don't talk about a lot. Even, uh, again, going to church, there are things you can't share. Um, and so coaching is now, and I think I reached, I found me some mentors who could actually um, help me uh, to kind of coach me through and mentor me through a place to where I was able to seek the Lord um, differently. Um, I think the biggest, um, the biggest, that moment for me was when I was in the mental health hospital. Um, and I was, uh, I was in a mental health hospital and uh, it was just to see people in a mental health hospital, you know, you see it on TV, right? And I'm like, dang, like this is really happening. And uh, I remember it was time to eat and, and I, was, I was hungry and I had called one of my aunts uh, who lived in Wilson County to bring me something to eat. But it was some people eating out of the trash can. And I um, was sitting at the table and I was like, I don't have any problems. <laughs> I was like, there are people seriously eating out of trash cans. And I'm here because yeah. I felt rejected. I was like, okay, I can't come back to this place. Like I was looking at, I had a home. Yeah. I had family. Uh, and it was just the mental health portion that really makes you feel like you're isolated, right? Mm -hmm. But that yes. moment I was like, I'm good. I checked myself out of the hospital and I went home to start my journey of self-love and healing. And I know that was rambling, but... No, that was perfect. <laughs> Selena, you, let me tell you, there is still such a stigma around mental, and it's always said it's around mental health. And I've even added, it's around mental health care. Now that people are normalizing the conversations and everybody's talking about it and everybody's coming to uh, a level of awareness, there's still that hesitancy of what mental health care looks like it's looked at so much differently than going to a doctor's appointment for physical issues or a dental appointment so for you to characterize your experience being there being in the hospital for mental health care i i appreciate you sharing that you know and whereas from your from where you were sitting, from your point of view, it was much different than someone else. That also uh, speaks volumes because everybody's level is different. You know, 
it it didn't minimize what you were feeling or what you were experiencing or what you were experiencing. It that was that was huge to you. Rejection was, you know, I would I would not minimize it one bit, you know. Although, <laughs> as you described, it looked a lot different from someone who may have been hopeless, who didn't have supports, who didn't have food or resource for somebody to even bring them a plate. So it looks mm -hmm. different, but oh my goodness, hurt, hurts. You know, that part, it feels the same. We all hurt. You know, it may look different. You know, healthy looks different for each of us. So I appreciate you giving that real uh, glimpse. Yeah, hurt. Rejection has been, I think, the cornerstones. I think um, with the book, um, and, and I wrote, and I actually had did a blog um, about what all uh, in, in rejection entails. Because if you ever fear rejection, like literally, you will have a healthy relationship. You will mess it up because you're preparing for the rejection. It's like, that's right. Uh, I finally had to admit, um, of course, on my, if, you know, my social media platform, I'm very transparent. Um, and for the people he knew, who know me, I give a glimpse into my real life. And one day I had to admit why I hang up the phone in people's faces. Like people are like, you just so rude. You hang up the phone on people. But you know why I hang up the phone? It's because I don't want to be rejected first. To me, somebody ending the phone call mirrors <laughs> rejection. So I'm going to get oh. out the phone. I'm going to get out the phone before you tell me you have to get out the phone. Ain't wow. that silly? How it just comes up in like the like the smallest little <laughs> and you be like, wow, like I literally. So now I can tell people I didn't hang up because I was rude. I hang up because I didn't want you to hang up on me first. Wow. Now you know what, I, <laughs> I, Mason, I've got to pull you into this one. So I have known. I can't even think right in this moment how long I've known Selena. But it has been, it's been over 10 years now. Yes. And along the way, <laughs> I used to, and, and it's so interesting because we, we do, we really have to grow to learn ourselves and how we tick and how we work. And I used to always ask myself, it, it's so noticeable. She would hang up the phone without even saying bye. I'm sitting there with my mouth half open. <laughs> and so at that point, I I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> now I have felt a level of rejection, but of course we would talk about it and laugh about it, but that, that totally makes sense because th there's that avoidant behavior that says, okay, exactly like what you said to your point. I'm anticipating being rejected. I'm anticipating being mistreated. I'm anticipating this unwanted feeling. So I have got to get past it first. I'm going to avoid that by acting first. I get it. I get it. <laughs> There's the missing link that I needed. 
telling you, I can look back now and it's just little behaviors I have. And it's all for a reason, like not maintaining healthy relationships, male or female. Um, last 2021, I went on a quest and it's somewhere on my social media where I was determined to make friends. I said, I'm going to make friends this year. It's going to be a healthy relationship. I'm not going to sabotage it. But because I realized that because I was so rejected, I didn't love me because all the stuff people say about you, people used to say sticks and stones may break my bones. Words will never hurt me. Lies, lies, lies. I was gravitating and believing what people said. So I couldn't have a healthy relationship with nobody. You know, even with my parents, um, it was just turmoil, but it wasn't so much them as my own feelings and attitude about rejection. So I would start arguments because I knew it was coming. You were going to find something. Or if a, a friend was like, Slither, you know, you really did this. I would already have my excuse in my head. Why I done it. And it was just, and I had to get committed to admitting that I was the problem and being committed to having healthy relationships, not based on my rejection, but because we need people, right? And then the right. other aspect was because after you become a counselor, you become the counselor to all your friends. So they're spilling all they junk on you and you realizing, oh my goodness, I am really the problem. And I just had to change a lot of stuff, how I got here. Because if I hadn't changed that and let really allowed the Lord to sit me down and write the book, I would probably still be in that stuck place, mm -hmm. sitting in my garage on the couch, looking like no progress, none whatsoever. Still mm -hmm. broke, still in bankruptcy, still with no friends, still with bad relationships. But it's 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 just a lot. It's been a lot of unpacking for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's really hard to change though, isn't it? It, it? it does take a quite a lot, a long time to change certain things because you get used to it, um, and then you may think, is there any point of changing it? Um, because it may be too much effort. It may take like a long time, but um, I think that's like a lot of things where you you take your time to change something, um. Like maybe like your thoughts, perhaps like your thoughts and process. Like if you're thinking everything's like really bad, and um, and I I completely understand what you're saying about um like phone and, and ending at first because it, it like you you probably um depending who you're on the phone to, um um you 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 would maybe uh, uh think to yourself like how long do you think uh you're gonna be on the phone, um if if is it a call for to someone just saying. I'm going to be home in five minutes or is it someone like a friend that you're going to speak to for a little while? And then you, you probably process how long that call's going to be. Um, and then you will say, uh, I've got, uh, you might not even say, I'm going to go, you'll just end it like, 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 like you said, which makes perfect sense because it is, uh, I don't know, it, it, it just like, um, it reminds me of me. I, 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 I don't do it with like phone, but, um, I'll do it with other things. I'll process like maybe sounds, like sounds I don't like, and I'll, I'll go away or something like that. So I completely understand. 
And I'm glad because you said process it. I'm like you. I will process a whole conversation that hasn't happened. Like in my mind, that mental health, a kick in, I'm going to be very transparent. I will process it. But and in, my, in my healthy mind, I tell myself the reason I'm doing it is because it could go either way. I'm going to think about all the bad stuff and process it. That way, if it's good, it's going to be a win for me. But if it's bad, I'll be preparing myself, not realizing processing everything to the bad is probably what causes the bad stuff to happen. It's just like with this podcast. I went through every reason why I couldn't do a podcast process and people are going to laugh at me. People are going to see me or I don't have anything to add. And those little voices that we have, the negative mental health, uh, start running through every negative thing you, you've ever done. Where if you get on there and you talk about mental health, when you get through, people going to call you crazy. It's going to affect your career. It's going to, like all the bad stuff, not realizing that when we tell our story, not only does it help us overcome, it's helping somebody else. But yeah. we process all the bad things. And we really have to train our mind to cast down, to throw away those thoughts. Literally, I'm, I, I, I'm growing and I, and I really want to help everybody get here uh, because I'm, I'm finna turn 50. And this has been a lifelong struggle. But now I can literally visualize myself with those thoughts, balling them up and throwing them in the trash. Like I can visualize that. But years ago, I couldn't visualize it. Like I would walk mm. right into it because I wasn't trained. And that's why it is so important that we have trained professionals um, that we can refer people to, to help them throw away those thoughts, identify the root cause of those thoughts and to help you make better choices. Uh, it took years. Like, like this, I'm true to this. This has been a <laughs> lifelong. Um, I think at age 16, uh, when I first tried to commit suicide, um, when I first knew that um, something was going on, that wasn't just spiritual. Uh, I was 16 years old. Right? And I just started, like, I can go back to those moments and be like, wow. Like, every major mm -hmm. incident in my life, there is a time stamp. And I think we'll say sometimes uh, maturity stops at the place of trauma. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go back and really deal with it because if you don't, you can't mature <clears throat> to the next place. I tell people to that promised place God has created for you mm -hmm. if you don't deal with that trauma and that mm -hmm. time stamp. Yes. I love that you said time stamp. And it does. It will stunt the growth. You have to go back. And as you said before, unpack. There's that, uh, that guidance, that um, tarrying, so to speak, sitting, staying with a person so that they can unpack. Um, oh, wow. Wow. It, 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 
you have shared so many different volumes. It has been a journey for you and everybody's here. I know the listeners can't see my air quotes, but here looks different for everybody. So tell us what here looks like. Tell us what that uh, awareness or that mindfulness or that freedom looks like for you. Oh, um, I have been able to maintain some healthy relationships. Uh, I have gotten better at setting boundaries and not violating other people's boundaries. Um, Here looks very, I'm enjoying my peace. Um, One thing about mental health is that a person who has dealt with it, you start to enjoy the chaos. And yeah, you like, oh, but now I've started to respect um my 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 peace, my space. And now here looks like I don't enjoy the chaos. Like when I'm put in the chaos, I literally, my supervisor told me the other day, she says, Salita, when something gets difficult or whatever, you have to step back. She, yes, I have. I I just I I got to, I gotta retreat. I have to go. Mm-hmm. I think my careers better I'm on a good career track uh, I'm able to help more people and I believe that ministry one uh, another part I asked God to throw away everything that I knew about him literally God I want you to take everything I thought I knew about you everything I thought I knew about me and I want to start over I want to learn you differently um being here has really allowed me to learn the different characteristics Characteristics of God and really learn him based on what is healthy. Um, here looks good. Here is it, it, prosperous being here. Uh, mental health, bipolar disorder, you go through a lot of money, right? Uh, being here, I have a savings account. Being here, <laughs> That's wonderful. Being here, I have a 401k where when I was there because of my mental health, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul, always in bankruptcy, always something. Here looks real good. And I'm and I'm thankful for being here is allowing me to help people. Because when I was there, I thought I was helping people. I was making a mess. I was helping them make a mess of their own mess. Mm. But being here, I'm actually helping. Being here. I've been able to connect to this um, an amazing coach. Um, and being here, like, has opened the platforms here on the podcast that never, I never would have been afforded an opportunity had I still been there. So being here, it looks good. It I looks love it. Good. I love it. Me too. I think <laughs> I... I, I love that as well because you are it's good you're here because uh like you say if if you wasn't here we wouldn't we we wouldn't be talking about a book or or your story or like uh how how when like maybe 20 years ago you wouldn't thought about doing this or even thought maybe doing coming on a podcast um which is which is great like because like now now you can say you've been on one you tell everyone i've been on podcast now (laughs) Listen, and I'm That's excited. Right. I, I one thing I I am grateful for 
and with anybody dealing with mental health, know that before you were formed inside the womb, God already knew you. He already knew your track. Nothing is new. Like he knew you were going to struggle with mental health. He knew you was going to struggle with addiction. He knew you were going to have rejection. He knew you were going to be depressed. Nothing new. You just have to find your tribe of people who can accept the part of your journey and help walk you through the wilderness. So many times, I think one thing that was phenomenal, even with being a mental health therapist, a counselor, looking back, I've always been this. I've always been the person I am now. I've always been this person. I just didn't know how to be this person because I had my own trauma. And, and, and the most remarkable thing that I have loved about my journey, the mental health, the suicide attempts, is because it, it gives me the knowledge to minister to somebody else. Because um, I'm very transparent. I'm open about it. Yeah, I dealt with that. And the looking for love in the wrong places. Um you know, when young girls come to me to talk about um, alternative lifestyles they've led, hey, I, I can talk about that. Um, and, and, and I can really, so all those experiences that led me here have just opened up opportunities and, and in different ways to allow me to minister to other people who are on the same journey. Like the stuff in that book is all real. Um, I want to finish the book, right? Because there's so much more to add. But even with my daughters, and sometimes mother and daughter relationship, mother and daughter relationships, we have a whole different thing. But when my daughters come to me and be like, mama, this is what I'm dealing with. And sometimes they don't even have to come to me. I can see it. And I go to mm -hmm. them be like, hey, what you struggling with today? You know, or did you do this? And even though I can't uh, mentor or counsel them to that aspect, let me connect you with somebody full of resources. So the yeah, journey has yeah. been helpful in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. You know, the things that we go through in life, we don't see it in the moment. We don't see it in the struggle or in the circumstance, but that all, it really does work together for our good. And it makes you the perfect advocate for other people who look just like you, who have had the same experience. And when I say look like you, I mean, as far as a life that you have led and those journeys, oh my goodness, they are for other people to overcome. Sometimes we question, you know, there's the, the why, you know, oh my goodness, how, the how, like how did I get where I am, whatever that place of struggle, whatever that trench is that we're in at the moment. But once we grow from that, hmm. And as you mentioned, being in, uh, whether it's uh, community mental health or being an advocate or being a support, you can almost see and feel a person's spirit. And it, you're attracting people who look just like you who have been through those experiences. So you're able to lead and guide uh, more efficiently and effectively in their lives. So, hey, love it. 
I appreciate you sharing because someone listening, someone watching is going through a mental health struggle. Someone is watching that maybe had supports, but they felt disconnected or they felt like they were going through the motions. Maybe they're uh, involved in different activities on a job or in church and they're doing, they're showing up, but not to their fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're being I- held hostage in their own minds a lot of times. So yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Potential. And that's all the years I wasn't. And, you know, going back to the rejection because people was telling me what my potential was. And so now I'm very careful, even with my children, we're not letting other people tell you your potential. You tell me what your potential is and I'm going to help you reach it. I do not allow people to come and tell me my potential. If you're not speaking life and I can be better, no. I am, I'm going to tell you, I am driven when people tell me I can't. Now when somebody tells me you've reached your potential, oh no, I got some more in me. Like I push That's right. <laughs> because I know that if I allow somebody to tell me my capacity or my potential, guess what? That mental health, that whole cycle is going to start all over again. Now you say something right. to me, I'm going to think about it. I got to process it, Mason. I'm going to process it. Yeah. They'll be like, you know what they said to me? Oh, no, nah, that ain't even working. I found <laughs> me a scripture, give me a prayer, give me some resources, and I'm the thing you told me I couldn't, oh, it's going to be done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone else, they will limit you to their perspective. They can only see as, as, as far as what they have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always limiting someone else's opinion of you or someone else's even perspective as far as direction will always have limits compared to what God has for your life. I mm-hmm. told God, even for my little cousins in my circle, I don't just, when I pray for them, it's not just, oh my God, please bless my cousin Nana or my cousin Ava. No, God, I'm going to call them by who you says they are. If that's doctor, I, I, I literally pray it. If it's prophet, I literally pray it. Because we are our biggest circles cheerleaders, right? And we have mm-hmm. to ask God, show me what you see. And I want to see what God sees in you. Because we're going to do, we're going to reach the potential of what God says. We're not going to focus. We're going to deal with the mental health. But we're also going to see, this is what God says. And I'm going to teach you how to pray. So you will know what God says. Because if you don't, like you said, you will always be limited by people. And mm-hmm. God has no limits. There is a promise placed for us. And I want to get yeah. to that place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Salita, so you have dropped so many gems, so many valuable nuggets. If you had a suggestion, a tip, or something to motivate someone who's watching or listening, what would you say to them while they're in a place of stuck, while they're there where they are? Um, I would tell them that they're not alone. Um, if you do not have what you need in your immediate circle, 
you can get on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and find somebody who you feel connected to, to go. I will share with them my journey, how I found my coach. It was by the sound of her voice. And when I interviewed with her, she said, well, why did you choose me? I said, because I heard your voice. And in your voice is something I need. Find somebody who has what you need. Don't try to find somebody because they look good, because they got an amazing platform. Make it pure and find somebody who can really take the time to coach you out of your stuck place and be open to take the wisdom. Everybody who is giving you wisdom or criticism, it's not negative. That was also mm -hmm. a flaw. I viewed everything negatively. Take that wisdom that they're dropping, those pearls of wisdom and apply it to your life and lose that offensive spirit. That is what I would tell you. Awesome. That is um, some really good advice. Um, and I think a lot of people who are listening or are watching will, will, will take something from that. And like, like we say, we're, we're always helping someone. At least if we help someone, that's our job done. Um, mm -hmm. um, but before we go, um, yes. Salita, um, would, would you like to share like where maybe people can find you? if they want to contact you or, or, or anything like that? Yes. So first of all, the book, How I Got Here, is available on Amazon. A very easy, short read. Um, I have a blog site. The blog address is dforsvisions.com. Um, wonderful blog, some good reading. Um, Facebook, my social media platforms are all public. It's S-E-L-L-I-T-T-I-A, last name Johnson. Um, you can find me on Pinterest. Uh, my email address for my business is D, the letter D as in dog, F-O-R-S, visions at gmail.com. Thank you. And to anyone who is watching, listening, Go and find Salita and and read our book if you want to because it sounds it's awesome. And today we've only I I think uh we we we've only heard um some of Salita's really inspirational journey from it and it, it it'd be great to hear um more like um another time. But yeah, I I I definitely will have to be ch check out that uh, Salita um because I know uh, Andrew's already read it so. <laughs> Um, yes. And, and Angela, do you have anything lastly to finish? Uh, anything else you want to say? I want to just thank our special guest for being here today. She has uh, been phenomenal. She can now, <laughs> now let this sink in. You can now call yourself an international speaker. <laughs> If you haven't already, this has been an amazing experience. You have definitely uh, brought some value to this series for Mental Health Awakening too. This has been amazing. We appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been really awesome to talk to you, um, Salita, um, because uh, like, um, it, it's, like, I think we've all learned something today. 
from from it from uh, um each other. So it is. It, I think that's the best part of it. Like they say, we learn something every day, which is true. Mm -hmm. We do. Um, yeah. um, but to anyone who's watching or listening, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as us on uh, Mental Health Awakening Two, which actually. As this goes, as this time recording, Salita is actually our first guest. Um, not sure, not sure what order it will all go out. We haven't decided that yet, as as time recording. But Salita can say she is the first guest of this year's Mental Health Awakening too. So that that, that that's really cool. Um, so so thanks again, Salita, um, for for, for for joining us, and we hope you have a nice rest of your day. All right, see you later. Thank you. Thank you.